Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Little driving on a Saturday night. That's a weird one. You sort of, um, oh, I suppose throughout the week you have a look, but you never actually know. And um, I sort of, I wasn't too nervous. I was sort of like, um, you know, hope for the best, but prepare for the worst. Like if it happens, it happens. To be honest, I thought around one I was a lock for three and I got one. I'm like, oh, right, so I've got a few, <laughs> few beers. Might have a few beers here. And then all of a sudden I got a few votes where I didn't think I would. So um, I think that's the beauty of the brownway, though. You never know what's around the corner. And um, sometimes you, you poll when you, you're not expected and sometimes you underpoll when you, you think you're going to get a few. But um, oh, I, I suppose the last few rounds I started, the nerves kicked in and, um, yeah, all of a sudden the, the, the last result get, got called out and, and you're up on stage giving a speech, and um, you're a Brownlow medalist, which is, is pretty cool. Yeah, congratulations to Patrick Cripps. There he is on SEN today, uh, reflecting on what was a big night the morning after for Patrick Cripps, and he joins that illustrious uh, list of Brownlow medalists. So uh, another West Australian done good. So uh, congratulations to everybody connected with uh, Patrick Cripps, family, friends, and, of course, now his teammates and everybody involved at the Carlton Football Club. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Monday Night. It is Drive with Peter Vlahos and Kim Hagdorn. It is grand final week. Uh, last Thursday, when we were discussing with Hags, there was four left. Now the final two are standing. And it is Geelong who did it quite easily against Brisbane on Friday night. And, of course, literally, Sydney just uh, getting over the line. In a horse race, it would be the bob of a head that got him over the line against Collingwood uh, in what was a classic game at the SCG. Haggers, uh, a very good evening to you. G'day, Peter. How are you and everyone out there? Keen to hear from everybody what they thought about the Brownlow, even just the coverage itself. And I can self-indulge a little bit, Peter, suggesting that uh, I think I got the top five, but not in the order. (laughs) (laughs) I thought Clayton Oliver would win with about 33 votes. I thought he'd poll in about 15. I thought Lachlan Neal would be second with 31 from a – well, 30-31 from 12 games. And Patrick Cripps, I had him for – 26 votes from about 10 games, as it turned out. I missed a couple of – I missed missed a three that uh, I didn't think Patrick Cripps would get. And Cripps with 29, polled in 12 games, seven best on grounds. Neil, seven best on grounds uh, in his 11 games for 28. Took Miller, I was uh, not surprised that he finished up in the top three. I thought I would have him in the top five or six. But to get 27 votes, polled in 13 games, more than Mm. anybody else, more games than anyone else. And Andrew Brayshaw, I wasn't surprised that mid-20s was about what Andrew would finish up with. That I had him for 26 over the season. And uh, Clayton Oliver, I thought would get a few more. I was a little bit surprised. What, what was um, significant to me was the likes of Clayton Oliver and Christian Petrarca, who just seemed to dominate. When Melbourne were running hot and won that first 10, between the two of them, they were getting the votes in. I mean, Oliver's polled in eight of those 10 games. Petrarca, he polled in in six of those 10 games and Petrarca was getting more threes than Oliver. And when that was happening in the count, I thought, well, Oliver's not getting enough of the, 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 the threes that I thought he would get. I mean, he opened up with uh, three, four votes in the first three games, then missed, and then another one, then a three, then a two, then a three and a three. 
Uh, I thought he'd get more threes, Clayton Oliver. That's where I misread it. And uh, but outstanding performance from Clay, uh, from uh, Patrick Cripps, a worthy winner because he's a great player. Not so sure that he should have been. Yeah, and, and that's to been win the this. big talking point. It's been one of the talking points today because uh, a couple of weeks ago, Gillam McLaughlin was interviewed, and it only came to light today. The actual audio uh, interview bombshell that released today, saying that the AFL boss described the AFL Appeals Board infamous decision to overturn a two-match suspension as complete nonsense, yeah, yeah. in inverted commas. So, yeah. And he says, uh, people are aware I was very agitated by that Appeals Board decision, according to Gillan McLaughlin, who, by the way, to be fair, didn't have a great night last night, the outgoing CEO of the AFL, on the back end of something like this. Melbourne C. Petraka, three votes. The guy's been playing for seven years. And, and he's still got his surname mispronounced. Instead of Petraka. Yeah. Yeah, and you he went on. do that. That, that. that shatters your credibility for mine. Well, um, I, I get the impression that uh, Gillan McLaughlin's almost checked out. We know the, he's finishing. The Parcher Lounge. Well, and the, the, the big uh, signing was the television broadcast, right, mm. wasn't it? Now it's Tasmania. What's going to happen with Tasmania? Massive meeting in Melbourne today with all the club presidents, a presentation for the, uh, the the Tasmanian push, you get just get the impression some of the, and and some of the vision I thought uh, back at the AFL at uh, the finals last week where he's you know dancing and singing in the, <laughs> in the crowd uh, unnecessary from the chief executive. But the other part of you made, you read that quote there, but th- this is further to what uh, Glenn McLaughlin has said in the AFL record. So mm. SEN and and. The owners of here have yeah. put this together a couple of weeks ago. It made no sense. So this was the decision to overturn from the from the appeals board the over to overturn the, the Patrick Cripps on the hit. back end of the MRO and the tribunal. Yeah, yeah. So the MRO gave him a two match ban for just a heavy hit mm-hmm. into into Calamachi. He's concussed, busted nose, didn't play the next two weeks. So it, meaning that decision, and the turnaround from the trial, it made no sense to me in any way. And it is frustrating to have a legal view about due process or procedural fairness, a complete nonsense, really affect a clear mandate to protect the head. That's from the chief of the AFL, and it's been quoted over the weekend in the records that have accompanied the preliminary Mm. finals, and Mm. that's why it's come to light and it's been such a huge story today because Gillam McLaughlin said that about his own system. Mm. And and there's plenty more quotes here. But so And he finishes off by saying, so I've asked the guys to review the system and we will see where that lands. Well, right now it's landed with you know, the, the chief executive making comments about the reigning Brownlow medalist. Should he or should, should he not have been eligible to mm. win it? Even, even um, had he been rubbed out, it would have avoided him winning it because he wouldn't have been playing the last two games. He needed the last game, Peter, as we know now, to get the three votes to jump ahead of Lachlan Neal. So to go from 26 votes when he did get rubbed out, that still wouldn't have been enough to win it or be leading because Lachlan Neal had 27 at the end of round 21 also, and he got one vote against Melbourne. But coincidentally, uh, the Melbourne game, when I thought Oliver might get three and win it, but he didn't quite have enough to be there. Mm. But... So and Patrick Cripps got the three. He he was best on ground in that game against Collingwood, where they yeah, lost by the last kick of the match and th- within ten seconds of the end of the season. He was clearly best on ground. But let's look at our two teams. And uh, I've seen on social media today they've put 
the votes of Christian Petrarca and Clayton Oliver together, which I think was 46, was it, Hag? Something like that. Yep. Clayton Oliver and Christian Petrarca together. And then they put the West Coast Eagles club voting at 15. For, for, 49. 49, was it? And then you've got West Coast for a whole team, a whole season, 15, led by Josh Kennedy. And a lot of the West Coast Eagles supporters are thinking that everybody's having a cheap shot at them. Now, it was a disastrous 22 season, uh, and that was the worst total on record for a club uh, since the AFL came in 1990. And many people are saying, and I thought about it, is this the worst season by any club since the AFL came in in 1990? Now, you mentioned Fitzroy when they were about to go up to Brisbane, maybe 1995, 1996. 97, they finished, yeah. yeah. Okay. But generally, uh, apart from GWS and Gold Coast, the more established clubs, and the Eagles have been there since 87, could this go down as one of the worst years in AFL history? Well, it's certainly, for, it's certainly West Coast. Because that was damning the Sandover medal last night. Josh Kennedy, six votes out of the 15. Then you had Tim Kelly, Jack Darling, Jeremy McGovern, and Andrew Gaff just polling a handful of votes after that. And that so was it. finished with 15. So yeah. the, the nine between those other four players and Josh Kennedy retiring – uh, I, I had Josh for, for six votes in, yeah. in my calculations. I had Barass didn't get a vote. Mm. I had Barass getting four or five votes. I had Tim Kelly getting three or five, Darling getting two or three, and Gaff getting two or three. Um, not surprising that the sort of year they've had. The worst, the worst season of anyone, I would say, given West Coast status for the previous 36 years that we've been around uh, and standing within the AFL as a power uh, – a power business, it's it has to be the worst mm. when because you, you expect at... you expect a heck of a lot more. When West Coast have a bad year, you're going to expect a heck of a lot yeah. more, aren't you? Because then... the other thing is Brisbane in 2016 and Fitzroy in 1996 each combined a tally of 20 votes. Now Fitzroy were on their way out. Brisbane, of course, come from a non AFL state. The GWS Giants, also non AFL state, polled 20 votes in their 2012 AFL debut season, as did the Gold Coast Suns in 2019. You look at the West Coast Eagles, over 100,000 members. Uh, the, the coffers are just bursting at the seams financially, yet everything that happened this year has been. There's a, it's a turn-away situation for the West Coast Eagles. It's a horror show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So is that just a one-off? That's the, And I get the impression with a lot of the West Coast Eagles faithful is that they they are quick to dismiss any of us that assess them accurately. You know, we sort of say, this has been a horrible year. I, I mean, I've, I've said before, Peter, with you and I discussing West Coast, that for mine, this is the worst West Coast have ever been. Mm. ever. Even though they've got everything else as a business, the 100,000 members, they've got 50 million in the bank, they've got everything sound for them, but to to, to delve as far as they have for t- a two-win season, to virtually not delist anyone, <laughs> the delistings are going to shock some of us, I reckon, when they come during trade period or just after trade period, because there'll be some boys that are in contract. This this is This is something that I've picked up the West Coast are going to delist some players that are actually in contract to make room for the five or six draftees they get because they've kept so many other players and given them the 31, the 32, the 33-year-olds, a Nick Nat Nui two-year deal, because they've gone with all these old guys that are past it and probably even finished some of them, they're going to go with those young players who have been around for three or four or five seasons are going to get delisted. Now, that, that will be another 
blight on where West Coast supposed rebuild is at and certainly another example of how low they've delved in terms of mm. under, under this Adam Simpson administration. Just in closing on that, I do understand, Peter, that the West Coast Eagles management is heavily scrutinising Coach Adam Simpson's plan to recover. There's some, there's some uncertainty about whether it's going to work, but they've backed him. They've mm. supported him. He's got three years to go on his contract. So they're looking at the fitness and conditioning program, the recruiting strategy, and clearly it's youth. No one else is coming in. They're not going to get Luke Jackson. No. No. And certainly the playing style and game plan. Now, there is some heavy scrutiny on what the heck are you going to come up with with all these blokes that have passed their best and proven to be too old, as we've seen this year, with the way the game's going. And some of it is even looking at you know, what Colling would have done from 17th last year to go within a disgraceful, no, the horrendous push. piece of umpiring. Papley's push. Yeah. 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 To, to that, that doesn't happen. That free kick goes against Papley. And mm. Colling would have played this week. Yeah. And they've gone from 17th to there. But it's more so is, is their playing style. It's quick. It's youthful. It's, it, it's exhilarating. And they just go. And they, but so too to Sydney. Geelong can play at two paces. Other sides that are coming are just going to go. Can West Coast do that next year? Mm. And there's a lot of concerns about the training program that's going to help shape all these old blokes to be able to play at the pace of the game. He has to change his, his playing style or his game plan is the modern day expression. And there's a lot of concerns about whether he can actually do it. Okay. Where is Rory Lobby? It's interesting. Yesterday, we are doing the WAFL uh, broadcasting the game between Peel and Claremont. Claremont obliterated uh, Peel by 59 points, a booker spot in the preliminary final. A few of the Dockers players were there. Blake Akers actually was there and went up to Jimmy Williams, who uh, called the game uh, yesterday with yours truly and uh, Steve Stavros Malaxis. And um, Blake came up to Jimmy, and Jimmy asked him the question about how you're going, where you're going, and he confirmed it. He's going to Carlton. But um, actually, he made a beeline to Jimmy. Jim, Jimmy didn't make a beeline to Blake Akers. All the West Perth... Past players and current players love Jimmy Williams, mm. who's our producer. Well, why wouldn't you? He gets all the information. Don't worry about that. But let's also take a break and speak about Rory Lobb. This is becoming an absolute soap opera, well, hasn't got, it? Yes. You got a bit more on that? A little bit more relating to some... Was it true that he didn't attend something that he should have attended yesterday? Friday. Friday. Okay. We'll take a break. Come back with more in a moment. Come and join us on the uh, Tempera Bedshed text line 0487 736 736 or the Scarborough Toyota open line 13 12 55. We're going to go through the grand final, the preliminary final, and bring you the news. And even Nev of Albany has been quick on the Tempera Bedshed text line. Nev will get to yours after the break. It's 14 past five.